Hello and welcome to the Mountain Conversations podcast, the show that celebrates the beautiful planet we call home. Each episode, alongside an expert who is passionate about their subject, we will take you on a journey to get you excited about the topic. This is a show about hope and positivity, and it's my hope that by learning something new each episode about the work of amazing people who dedicate their lives to making a difference, you will be inspired to take action and get involved in the efforts to preserve our beautiful home, planet Earth. I'm Charlie, and this is Mountain Conversations. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Conversations podcast. I am still live from the Kendall Mountain Festival, which is really exciting. Um, Now, though, I'm talking to someone who I think a lot of my listeners are going to be really interested in the work that he is doing, because I certainly was when I heard about it, and I hope that you will be as excited as I was. So I'm here with Richard Breeden from Trash Free Trails. Hi, Richard. Hi Charlie, how are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm, uh, I'm excited, I'm fueled up with coffee and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm only halfway fueled with coffee, so I'll have it. <laughs> there's time, there's time. How's it going down on at base camp? Yeah, mad busy actually. Uh, yeah. way, way busier than I thought it would be on 11 o'clock on Friday morning. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder what everybody's doing when they should be at work. Uh, but it's great because it means loads of people are at the stand already. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go, more. Enjoying it. Right. Well, before we dive into what Trash Free Trails is, I'm going to go with the question that I ask all of my guests. And I'd, if, can you just tell me a little bit about your journey into nature, I suppose I'll call it? Is it something that's always been in your life or is it something that's a new addition to your Yeah, life? yeah. Um, I, I, I'll try not to do the whole life story, but okay. uh, I think actually similar to you, when, when we were kids, uh, we used to go like out a lot. We used to go to Wales, uh, sorry, France, South France for like four, four or five weeks at a time as a family, uh, you know, climbing and, and, and walking and, and stuff. And it was it was great. Uh, and then my dad passed away when I was 12 and that kind of stopped uh, because he was the driver of that. Okay. And also like as a family, we kind of found it too emotionally uh, difficult yeah. to, to go and do those same holidays. Um, and I, I don't know how, how to word this really, but. I didn't go uphill from there. Mm-hmm. Stuff didn't improve yeah. from the age of twelve, and and, and up until, uh, yeah. So I went, you know, I went through secondary school and didn't really have any passion for it. I was just mm-hmm. living living outside of Cambridge at the time, um, just going into Cambridge with my mates, not really exploring nature. Yeah. Did, totally fell off my radar, for want of a better word. Uh, and then, as, as I was saying, I went to Sheffield to do a hospitality business management mm-hmm. degree. So no, no yep. nature there <laughs> yeah. uh, and I only went to the Peak District once for a, uh, uh, a rave in the woods so that was my experience of the Peak District <laughs> yeah. and then I suppose, you know, I graduated I did well I had a business my own business um, doing event management working for outdoor event companies and stuff uh, and that's kind of where I guess it started but I didn't end up like actually doing anything with it because for me when you set up an event it's 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 nothing until the people arrive yeah, yeah so you've got absolutely. tents and whatever going on but it's nothing until the, the, the customers turn up until the, 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 the ticket holders turn up um but also what kind of what started occurring to me is like we just go to these places destroy them and then leave mm-hmm. and that didn't sit right that that was where it kind of began that didn't sit right yeah. with me uh so but yeah well, i was doing music festivals and we were like white labeling out um activations for partners and stuff and that kind of led me down a path that I now know wasn't a good path. I was I was having a great time, you know, yeah. drinking drugs, alcohol, not sleeping much, mm-hmm. standing around at six o'clock in the morning around people's <laughs> kitchen tables. Yeah. At the time, I thought it was fun, um, and you know, some people probably do think that's fun, but 
when you look back on it now and the stuff that I get up to now, that wasn't fun. Yeah. And what it actually, what I now know that was quite serious mental health problems what was going probably as a result of my dad passing away and, mm. and other stuff that happened as well so one day uh my uncle took me on a hired a bike at Cody Brennan and you could you could have been mistaken for saying it was just a, a bad day out on the bike mm -hmm. to be honest it was it was raining it was horrible yeah. we ran out of food we got lost <laughs> yeah. uh we've all been there yeah exactly <laughs> and you know you I actually loved it uh, and that's kind of where it started it wasn't a light switch it wasn't like I stopped doing drugs and started yeah. mountain biking but after a while it got to the point where I was like there's no way I'm going to stay up all weekend and miss out on a bike yeah. ride when I could be in North Wales on a, on a yeah. bike ride so that's kind of where my adventure my purpose of adventure started like my journey into nature started and then I just it's all started spiraling into control there yeah. and I wanted to learn about that and learn about the process behind it and really for me I wanted to help other people yeah. so I did a psychology and mental health masters um, at Edinburgh University specialized in nature collection I really wanted to do mountain biking but the uh, the COVID and the supervisor wouldn't let me. I ended up doing bird watching. Nothing wrong so, with bird watching. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so we did um, the mindfulness and anxiety benefits and nature connection benefits of bird watching okay. at home, wow. uh, and that meant that I could still study nature connection, which is what I wanted to study. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then all I all I did then was just tell everybody about it. So I told everybody that story that I just told you guys, yeah. and hoping that someone would listen. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Dom Ferris, who's the founder of Trashy Trails listened or found out about what what i was wanting to do and wanted to we wanted to incorporate that nature connection stuff yeah. into the work that trash free trails is already doing okay. so the yeah. the litter picking focus building in nature connection into that yeah a the research and b the work so that's that's kind of and then and then and now i'm here and, now here we and the are. rest the rest is history as they say <laughs> i love i love the phrase you used spiraling into control that's the first time i've used it actually so I'll, I'll carry on <laughs> you, should, you should like copyright that i think that's really good um so when we're talking about trash free trails yeah. i don't really know much about it apart from what's in the leaflet on, in front of me on the table there we go. so what does the work that you do actually look like okay cool so for us, if you were to distill everything that we were trying to tackle down to one word, it would be disconnection. So if you or if someone or if people take action to make a place worse, yeah. whether that's dropping litter, whether that's treating someone badly on the trails, bad attitudes, that kind of thing, it has to be because they're disconnected either to the place. Yeah. So if you drop a plastic bottle, surely you can't be connected to that that place where you've dropped it. Yeah, yeah. If you treat someone badly on the trail, you bad attitude, oh, look at those guys, they shouldn't be here, whatever. You can't be connected to those people. Also, really interestingly, you can't be connected to yourself because mm -hmm. we're all part of nature. Yeah. We're all human beings, we're all connected. Um, and also, if you drop the plastic bottle, you don't care about the person behind you. So the solution, therefore, has to be connection, reconnection. Mm -hmm. So I said at the beginning, uh, our mission is to reconnect people with nature through purposeful adventure. Okay. So we inspire, inform, and equip people to reconnect with people, places, and themselves okay. uh, through, through those adventures, whatever that looks like for you. That's, I, I think disconnect is such a huge issue. I mean, in, in all, you know, as I, as I said to you before, I do a lot of um, things in birding and bird watching and that kind of thing. And there's the, the amount of people that they just think I'm mad for going out and just watching what's out there. And to me, it's quite natural. Well, you know, like, but, I mean, I said I did the bird watching for my masters, and I think what that kind of thing is so unique because 
when we're talking about purpose and adventure and adventuring, you'll hear these people. I mean, we're here this weekend hearing yeah. about people who are going on these huge, amazing, yeah. amazing things. How often do you hear about the adventure where someone just goes and stops, mm -hmm. just goes to a place and just pauses? Yeah, just listens. And that's so important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what birdwatching has that adventure you know what we would call adventure yeah. doesn't have but what something that we wanted to do with the purpose of adventures project was try and encourage people to find see and, and explore what adventure might mean to them yeah so for me i really like going away in my van going for a walk or a bike ride with the dog coming yeah. back to the van movie meal yeah. that's adventure for me for uh, like Tom Hill, who we work with as a writer, but his adventures are like multi-day, mega. He did the Stone King Rally, <laughs> yeah. um, and for you, it might be it might be sitting in your house and bird watching, and that's that's totally cool yeah. because I think that like we're all victim of you know like advertising what we how important our adventures are yeah. to us. But a lot of people can't do that. Like a lot of people can't go on multi-day adventures. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to be able to afford a van and the fuel that goes in it. Yeah. Lots of people can't do that. Lots of people don't even know about that. And, no. they, and, and, and sometimes they don't even want to, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But the concept about adventure and what that, what that might mean to you is really important to us. And yeah. I think that that's how we get to connection. That's how we get to reconnection. And that's hopefully how we get where we think we're going to go. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? I think there's so I think so many people have the, uh, this idea of what adventure is. And I mean, I know I've, I've just bought a camper van. I'm on my own with my two kids. That's what we do. We go away. We, you know, we go hiking. We get, we just moved from Snowdonia to Norfolk, which again, strange decision for mountain goats, but never mind. Um, <laughs> but it's still beautiful. And that's what I mean. Just, just even driving 10 minutes down the road and camping up on the, you know, on the yeah. cliff tops. That's to us is, is amazing. Whether we're here, you know, going up Scaffold Pike or whatever, or whether we're in Norfolk camping out near the beach, that is, that's our idea of adventure. But to somebody else, going for a walk in the park might be an, yeah. an adventure. Exactly. So. But I think the, the park thing is, is difficult so we've got a film showing this weekend um, it's called the trash mob it's about a group of young people that we work with as part of our education project the trash mob academy and uh, Joe Shway the kind of star of the project and the, the film itself um, she says something like uh, you know they've got their swings and their slides and stuff yeah. but they don't get stoked about that because it's no. stuff they see every day what we've tried to do is instill a bit of environmental responsibility, a bit of social responsibility, so that they can see adventure in their walk to school. Mm -hmm. Because these kids aren't gonna go, they're just not gonna be able to go into the outdoors in the same way that we can. No. So that's, that's, whilst it's not our remit to like, you know, advocate for, uh, you know, campaign for inclusivity and access yeah. in, in the outdoors, because we're, we're a team of three mm -hmm. um, and we have a focus, we can help yeah. you know and we like to like to be able to do that for as many people as we can I think that's uh, that's the important thing about this community the outdoor community I found it mostly um, quite welcoming and you know I've had I've had things said to me on the mountains patronizing stuff because you know I'm I, I suppose I'm what they would call a plus size hiker and stuff I'm not I'm not typical what you'd see you know running up a mountain or something but I do and um, I've you know I've had shit said to yeah. me on mountains and stuff and I just I brush it off but I imagine if I was a different kind of person or me a few years ago I probably would be affected by that yeah. um, but I think the people that behave like that again are the people that are disconnected and yeah. the people that are not yeah 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 sure um, for the right reasons I no guess. first of all I'm sorry that that happens to you and I don't think it's it's, it's, it's not right but the, you know in many ways uh, it, it, 
it might not be like as malicious as you might think and it's great that you're able to brush it off mm. like so a lot of the people that we're talking about they just don't know how to behave in the outdoors yeah. it's not that and you know when people see people in shorts and sandals and t-shirts they're wearing the wrong clothes mm. and think, oh look at them and then yeah and then they go and moan about it to their mates yeah that like that's not you're not going to solve the problem doing that no. and it's the same with the single use pollution problem you're not going to solve the problem by oh look at those scumbags <laughs> no. you know like there's lots of people doing that and and it and it, it you know it, it we try to be positive and solution solution focused about it i i can't be positive and solution focused about people who put dog poo bags no. in trees i struggle to understand, to understand that yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, like, and, and for us, trash-free trails isn't just about litter. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of attitude that you experience, that's trash in my books as well. We shouldn't, that shouldn't exist. Yeah. And we, they're, they're disconnected. Like mm -hmm. you say, they're disconnected to you. They're disconnected to their fellow human. They've got to be disconnected to themselves. Yeah. So trying to look behind the scenes a little bit about why they think like that yeah. and how they think it's okay to do that. That's how we're going to get to the problem. Yeah. The solution. Really. And helping people reconnect. I mean, I suppose yeah. I've been up I probably used to be of that opinion, you know, because I used to do Snowden all the time when I was just living there, just to, for fun, as yeah. you do. Some people think that's crazy, but I, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, people call it Flip Flop Mountain for a reason. You know, yeah, people yeah. do yeah, flip flop yeah. the way yeah. up there. But I went up there once, I remember, in, it was last winter, and um, I had my micro spikes on my boots, and it was like an ice rink at the top. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, there was this, there was a couple of guys that were just in normal, like, yeah. really normal trainers. Yeah. And I was like, mate, you are going to struggle at the top. Yeah. And he was, he was actually quite defensive yeah uh, well, yeah uh, it's, it's not it's not an easy <laughs> like, I'm not I don't have the solutions you know no. like and, and, and people are gonna do that because yeah. they think they know what they're doing yeah. and they think they know the right way to go about it and it, it you know it, it is what it is but you made the effort to, to, to talk to yeah, people I and I, you know I've done it as well you know everybody does it mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing like I think nobody's perfect out here no. and I think that if we could all like recognize that a little bit I think that that'd get us a long way yes. like in in so many areas yeah um yeah so when you're talking about trails yeah. what do you what what do you mean by trails where are these trails are they yeah yeah so we that's that's a that's a really important point because I tell you what, we, we, we've just been doing uh, schools delivery with kids, so delivering some of our Nature Connection content to kids, and uh, the, the best answer was a trail is somewhere that you leave footsteps for other people to follow, mm -hmm. which I thought was super powerful coming from that. a six-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, Copyright that as But well. it's actually <laughs> a, you know, uh, I can't remember, the, but Dom with the Masters has come up with a scientific definition, definition that's been ratified by the university, yeah. but it's... Uh, a, a path network or a system that you use as, for recreational purposes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so whether that's riding, running, or, or walking. Yeah. Okay. Then. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, so, how does that look like practically? What What do you do? What does the work do? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the, a lot of what my day to day is spreadsheets and emails, just like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. the what that results in is uh, community action. Mm -hmm. So we rely on our volunteers. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're two full-time employees, one part-time employee and freelancers. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's volunteers that do our work. So they organize trail cleans. They represent us at events. They organize their own events. Mm -hmm. um, so in a couple of weeks' time, um, for this is just an example, um, the guys down in Shrewsbury, uh, Martin Davies, Ross Slammy, and John Bellis, so shout out to those guys, are doing uh, pump track cleans okay. around the Shrewsbury area. So that's just a perfect example of the work that we do, wow. if you like. Um, so can anyone get involved in those? Yeah, absolutely. Every, everyone's welcome, okay. is what we like to say. Um, but our, a more recent project, 
so for us, yes, the litter picking is important. Yes, we will always remove single-use pollution from our trails and wild places, but we kind of think that because we're users of the outdoors, that should be unsaid. Mm -hmm. Like you should, should's a difficult word, but yeah, yeah. we are going to do that. We, as riders, runners and roamers, as users of the outdoors, as people in the outdoor industry, whatever you want to call it, we will protect our trails, whatever that looks like. So in order to inspire people to do that, well, we have to inspire, inform and equip people to do that themselves rather than us doing it all ourselves because yeah. we can't do that. No. Um, yeah. So I, it's something that I've witnessed obviously so many times. I mean, I do a lot of with the Norfolk Beach Cleaning Collective and various places down there and it's all, it's kind of, I'm on the coast so it's all very coasty based. I think cleaning up the rest of the environment is something that doesn't get enough press and doesn't yeah. get spoken up about. I mean, I've been up um, Abba Falls, for example, that, you know, the, the path going up to Abba Falls mm. and on the way back down, I've come back with a backpack full of other people's picnic yeah, and yeah. like they, they'll, they'll carry up a whole picnic and then leave all the wrappers, the empty yeah. wrappers, like behind a rock strategically yeah. Yeah, And yeah. you know, it's strategically placed yeah, behind a rock. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, who do they expect? What do they expect is going to happen? Yeah, there's so much going on there. <laughs> and I get, you know, that's... Um, Pack it in, pack it out is, is as simple as it comes. Like, if you brought it with you, take it away. Yeah. I mean, great work for, 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 for picking it up as well. Um, but I think, you know, again, as stewards of the outdoors, we can, we can A, not leave it ourselves, yeah. kind of goes without saying, but B, if you, if you see it, pick it up. It's, yeah. it, there's never that much no. when you're on out on a, on a hiking trail and just stick a bin bag with you and you can carry it on like that. Right, I've got in front of me, it was handed to me before we started recording, um, the State of Our Trails report of 2022. And I've had a quick flick through it and there's a lot to take in, a lot to digest but I just wondered if you could give us like an overview of what this is. Yeah, uh, so the, I, the, the <laughs> I need to brush off on it myself. Um, so a bit of background is that the, uh, the marine plastic research world, mm -hmm. sphere, you know, literature yeah. is saturated, yeah. I would, I would, some people would argue, in that there's so many articles and so many bits of data about how much is in the ocean yeah. but there isn't anything about the land yeah. um, so Dom who Dom Ferris who founded Treasury Trails used to work with Surface Against Sewage for 10 years um, I think he was I think his, his title was community engagement officer or manager at the, at the mm -hmm. end of it and he was kind of seeing that there's all this movement going on in the marine world but nothing going on in, yeah. in the world of trails and the world of terrestrial ecosystems terrestrial wild places yeah. so that's where Treasury Trails was kind of born and founded and, and where the State of the Trails report was born and founded at the same time so I said at the beginning 75% that's how we're going to find out about that 75% yeah. so it's a master's research project with Bangor University and supported by Bosch e-bike systems okay. yeah. that looks to establish causes impacts and uh, prevalence of single-use pollution on trails and ecosystems okay. so the difference well one of the differences between the marine world and and our world if you like is that uh we don't know like you can come across ocean plastic and you have no idea how it's got there yeah. absolutely no idea it might have been chucked off a boat it might have been you know all of our recycling that might be ago, yeah 20 that? years ago <laughs> yesterday yeah. like you know you chuck your stuff in the blue bin does it actually go to recycle nobody knows um, and then the other thing is that the only chance apart from these amazing projects that are sort of sweeping out the ocean yeah. the only chance you've got to clean it up is a, when it's the tides in yeah. and when it's on the beach um, the difference we've got is first there isn't anywhere near as much mm -hmm. uh, and secondly that we know that 
the reason the plastic bottle ended up halfway up Snowdon is because someone brought it yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and also, we've got, we think that we've got a chance to make a difference okay. because, you know, there isn't as much as there is in the ocean. So mm -hmm. we've got this amazing network of volunteers and communities that care passionately about yeah. trails and wild places. So we can we can kind of do something about it. Uh, so yeah, that's the 2022. It's been running for three years. We've got our baseline now. Uh, is it 51, 51 odd thousand pieces yeah. of litter uh, as of March 22? So it's a citizen science led project, okay. which means that you and anybody else listening to this podcast can can get involved. So if you just head to the website, if you if you've done a trail clean, you can do it as detailed as you want, or you can do it as simple as you want. So you could just count the amount of items that you found, okay. or you could go into loads of detail about the type of items they are, the brands okay. and that kind of thing. Yeah. So. The top three item, top three brands are Lucas Aid, Coca-Cola, and uh, and Red Bull. Um, yeah. yeah. Red Bull. I didn't know anyone still drank Red Bull. They do. Lots of people <laughs> do. They've had a really good year. As it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Red Bull is actually an interesting point to talk about if you wanted to talk about it. So, we work with Red Bull. Okay. Uh, they 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 give us money. They sponsor our work uh, in the same way that Trek, Bosch, the North Face, and Kamut do. Okay. So. You know, the more astute amongst the listeners might think, well, hold on, why are you working with Red Bull? Mm -hmm. um, it's a questionable product for many reasons, and it's also the, the, the number three most found item. And actually, for many people, it's the number one most found item. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, why that is is why we're doing the research. Mm -hmm. But for us, if you d that basically how that happened is we always tag the brands when we see them on Instagram, and we got a reply from the Red Bull Global channel saying, we don't want we don't want this we yeah. don't want to be your number three anymore okay what can we do about which that which is a step well it, yeah. you know and, and that's huge because yeah. we don't get that from mcdonald's you don't get that from coca-cola mm -hmm. you don't you certainly don't get it from lucas aid um so we started working with them on a really careful slow basis mm -hmm. um it was we can we consulted with our community about it about whether it was a good idea yeah. um and you know we've been invited we we went down to their, their head office in london and met a load of their team yeah. uh and it, they've just made, you know, really surprising and amazing steps to help our work, not just financially. So they're not just giving us money. They don't even, they, they have no stipulations when it comes to where their logo is or anything like that. They're not doing it to sell Red Bull Can. Yeah, no. They're doing it, and I honestly believe this, they're doing it to support our work. Yes, of course, it looks good for them, mm -hmm. but... You know, we've we've had some jerseys and stuff made up, and we said, "Can we put Red Bull logos on?" They're like, "No, don't, don't, we don't need that. Like, we don't, we don't okay. want that." Yeah. Which is, which is huge. And fundamentally, if you don't work with the kind of people, the kind of consumers that are dropping the stuff that you're finding, then how are you ever going to get yeah. there? Um, yeah. So, what are they like? What practically are they doing? Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, so they, 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 weirdly, they have like a weird kind of PR structure where they can't talk about their sustainability. Uh, projects yet because they haven't done <laughs> yeah. anything to talk about like they, they haven't yeah. got the numbers yet yeah. so a good example of what they've done with us though is they everyone will have come across the student marketeers mm. so they're the people who say do you want a free can of Red Bull uh, <laughs> which is obviously fraught with problems because yeah. you're just giving a valueless product in the middle of a field to nobody mm -hmm. um, or to, to thousands of people actually yeah. um, so they have a yearly like onboarding thing for all of those guys okay. and I was invited or we were invited to that and I went and attended and had a half an hour talk uh, about trash trails and all okay. the stuff that we do and they as a result of that they've incorporated some new ways of working into yeah. those guys so they have they have like a script of things that they have to say yeah um, and added now added to that list is two things 
that uh, are like, you know, I think one of them is, did you know that this can is 100% recyclable and it's also infinitely recyclable? Please dispose of it properly. And the other one, which is great for us, is um, this place is a beautiful place. We rely on it for this event to happen. Please dispose of your can responsibly. Mm-hmm. That, as far as that's groundbreaking, because you know, like I say, none of the other big brands are doing that, mm-hmm. and to be invited in yeah. to something like that and to a, to an organisation like Red Bull that is you know known for being quite closed yeah. because of how big a product it is 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 just incredible and, and you know as far as I can tell if you're able to sell a product like that to million billions of people worldwide you can sure as sure as whatever <laughs> um, um, you know get the consumers to dispose of it properly yeah. and hopefully that's that's where we're going to get to so they've seen a huge rise in can sales recently okay. um they're still number three and we will never like hide that if no. they're number three next year if they're number two next year if they're number one next year then that's what we'll put out yeah. we're not going to be you know pandering to what what whatever it, that, that anything yeah. like they won't they won't ever tell us to do that but we would never we would never do anything like that anyway. i feel like if just a few of these huge brands started making these steps, then would be a way. Well, we kind of hope that because, <laughs> you know, Red Bull's arguably the biggest, right? Mm. And and they have all this other stuff going on, like, you know, the, the Red Bull Hardline, all the yeah. crazy events that they do. Uh, we hope that other brands might see that and think, hold on a minute, like, we can't just mm. keep not doing anything. Yeah. Um, you know, like, there's the adverts, like, Lucas, they'd have the there's a, like, the guy chucks it over his shoulder and ends up in a recycling bin but for me he's like he, he drinks it and then he chucks it over yeah. his shoulder yeah. and, and, and it, land, it happens to land in a bin but yeah. the point is that he drinks it you know and yeah. as society we're kind of programmed to buy consume just purchase consume dispose yeah. and we need to get somewhere in there like do we go in before the purchase mm-hmm. do we go in after the purchase is it after the point you know like there's yeah. there's so many ways to think about that we've also started developing a point of sale copy for them okay. so in the future you might see a sustainability message either on the red bull can yeah. or around the point of sale okay. which yeah. would be that should be amazing as well yeah and i mean even just if that's the thing isn't it if a few people start and start talking about it and start listening and paying attention then it spirals spirals into control there we go word <laughs> of the weekend you need that on your t-shirt yes um no i think i think i mean i had a, a i did a recording recently with um two of the beach watch managers from the marine conservation society okay, yeah. and they were talking about how just the simple changes like when in wales when they introduced the um plastic bag um charge charge yeah. and it reduced i can't remember Overnight. the stat but it, it reduced so significantly that and it was that was it it was done easy yeah. so it's just that's just as simple as adding value yeah. so it with the plastic bags it was monetary mm. but when the you keep using red bull i don't want to go too far down the red bull hole <laughs> yeah. but if you when they're just giving it to someone and they're just throwing it away basically is yeah. what they're doing there's no value attached to it but if the, if you can engage the person that you they're not going to stop giving away free cans mm. that was never going to happen um if you can have a little bit more interaction with that person, that it's not just monetary value, you're adding a little bit of like, just conversational value, and that yeah. means something to consumers. Yeah. Um, the other thing to remember with working with big brands is you can't, like, I'm not gonna go in there and say, you need to, you know, you need to do, stop all, stop doing all this and stop giving up. They've, they're gonna do what they're gonna do, yeah. and we need to figure out how we can work our messaging into that, because they're huge, we're tiny, we're not, we're not gonna pretend that we're gonna be able to solve that problem 
you know, at the click mm-hmm. of anybody's fingers. So, I think you say you're tiny, but you're having a big impact. Ah, yes. So I don't know if you've heard that before. So uh, one of our ambassadors, Tom Laws, is a big fan of portmanteaus, which are like words that you squash together, and we oh, like okay. to think of ourselves as small normous. Okay. So that's like tiny, that. but with like a huge that. impact. I, like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I do enjoy that. That's a good word. Um, if people want to sort of get involved with this what do they what can they do i know you've talked about sort of the citizen science projects with this report and things yeah. but what what can they do in their everyday lives and well you know the first the first thing is reduce um like just just think just i mean not even that's not even the first thing the first thing is just register the fact that mm-hmm. you have a role yeah uh and wherever you're at on that spectrum the first point is recognizing yeah. that you you've a got a role and b that you've got some sort of responsibility yeah. so i know that it's not practical for everybody to stop using plastic straight away yeah. you know lots of people have to shop at the supermarket lots of people have to go to the food bank mm-hmm. lots of people ha- you know that that's we can't do we we're not equipped to solve yeah. that problem registering the fact that you've got something something to a role to play is, is the first thing you can do um if you really want if you want to get involved with what we do then protecting your trails whatever that looks like to you yeah. if you do litter picks share it with us on social media send us an email with what you've done yeah. or or get in touch another way uh, you can get our phone numbers pretty easy from the website like we know everybody doesn't use social media mm-hmm. um we have a newsletter as well you can sign up to that from the website yeah. um if you want to contribute to the data again that's on the website uh state of our trails report report your trail clean there's a few different ways you can do that like i said uh and then yeah adding purpose to your adventures so if next time you're out on a on a run a ride or or a walk or whatever that looks like to you then share it with you share it with other people and really interestingly from our purpose adventures project we're trying to foster that sense of nature connection within within people and uh we found that the like a really important prerequisite and catalyst for nature connection is sharing it with other people yeah uh which is super powerful so make a point of having conversations with people mm-hmm. i was i was had a, had a conversation with someone this is a long time ago he said oh, i wish i could just talk to everybody because you never know who you might meet and it's a super simple thing but you just don't know who that other person might be and yeah. you don't know what they're like what their story might be and what they might have to tell you yeah and some of the stuff that you know some of the stuff that you come across when you just like open up a little bit and and, and see what people have got to offer is, is great really yeah. so that's that's what i'd say engagement and communication and listening to people not just yeah listening yeah. as well yeah don't yeah. just go in with your agenda yeah. like see what other people have got yeah, to say because as you say you might learn you might learn a lot um, you will learn a lot <laughs> um so for me obviously the next generation is super important i've got two kids and we're always going out and you know my, my five-year-old now will will say to people why did you just drop this bottle yes. embarrassingly we stood outside wh smith the other day other shops are available um yeah. and someone dropped a, a, a bottle and he just walked up to me and said oh you dropped this <laughs> and i was like oh, part of me was like oh god but the other part of me was really what happened? proud what happened? Was, yeah, was really proud. oh they, they took it because obviously Good. if a kid gives you yeah something, you've got they, no they, power the embarrassment no power yeah exactly um i know you do you have an educational sort of program and and that's one of your focuses do you want to talk to me about that yeah sure so the uh education and and understanding is like the background to all of this because if you don't understand what you're doing you're not going to do it properly um well you're probably not going to do it anyway the trash mob academy is the kind of flagship project of that and it's a youth engagement project that looks to develop self-esteem confidence and overall well-being in young people Mm um and we've we've created lesson plans, worksheets, risk assessments, 
slides, mm -hmm. activities that teachers can just pick up and use. Yeah. And we've pro we've piloted it. We've been it's all sorts of schools all over the country are, are running it at the minute, totally yeah. independently of us, which is pretty cool. Um, got some great feedback on it as well. We've we've piloted it, we've developed it, we've relaunched it. Uh, and there's packs for mountain bikes, running and walking as well. Yeah. It's also backed up by all my Nature Connection research and really up-to-date theories of learning yeah. as well. So we've um, just recently in the run-up to Kendall, we visited, uh, I think, five schools in the area. So delivering that stuff ourselves yeah. to uh, to groups of, groups of young people. And, and it's really exciting that we would like talk a little bit about us what we're about about some like interesting little statistics but really the focus is on nature connection yeah. and then we'd go outside into the playground and ask them to do nature connection bingo like find an <laughs> ivy yeah. find a pine cone whatever i love that we never yeah it's <laughs> yeah. great <laughs> we never we never asked any of them to pick up rubbish yeah and they all came and picked up rubbish okay. so if you think about everything we've been talking about and the and the, and the work that we do it's not just about the rubbish. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the litter. And if you talk to people about how important nature is and mm -hmm. how great it can be, the litter picking becomes implicit yeah. and it becomes part of what you're doing anyway. And I think that's what we that's what the focus of that project is with these yeah. kids. So the film that we've got showing at 5.30 tonight and uh, 9.30 tomorrow morning, I think, is, is the story of that project. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 very much my baby, um, and and it's my favourite thing. <laughs> I think it's so important, isn't it? Because I mean, this is something I think about all the time: is that is is that children are so like intrinsically linked with nature. I mean, you don't you don't meet very many kids that aren't wowed by when they see a deer, or you know, like my kids. I know we live in rural Norfolk, so we get deer all the time. But yeah. all the time, my kids are like, oh my god, look a deer! Oh my god, look a buzzard! You know, yeah. like they, they they're so interested. And it's it's capturing that wow moment yeah. and turning it into something yeah. because there's a lot of research and there's a lot of like you know talk around this concept of awe and wonder and yeah. excitement but if it's not like funneled into something it doesn't really go anywhere yeah. and that's yeah. definitely what I've experienced like you can be wowed by a mountain or a trail or experience but if you don't like take that a bit further mm -hmm. then that's all it'll ever be and I'm, I'm not saying that that isn't a good thing like having kids excited about stuff is, mm. is great and having kids excited about stuff that's actually exciting rather than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something else is 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 great but if you can frame that in such a way that it develops a greater sense of understanding yeah. you will end up with you know happy what we what we say is happy healthy environmental stewards that care passionately about the places that they rely on mm -hmm. and that's that's what we're looking to create with yeah. with the trash Form academy and and beyond really so well, no, yeah. that sounds absolutely amazing and if you say schools can get involved then is that something they can just go yeah it's downloadable all downloadable from the website um if you wanted any uh, my email address is on that website so if you wanted any guidance or, or yeah. questions about it just give, just give me a shout and um yeah, we'll we'll help you out wherever we can. Yeah. If if you if you would like, we can also offer like weekly one to ones with one of our team. Okay. So if you need a bit of guidance on what you're delivering, how to deliver it, any help with the activities yeah. or anything, uh, and also from the other way, like I'm not a teacher, and it might not work for your kids, mm -hmm. and we can we can change it so it does. Yeah. So Ellie uh, Ellie Ewart is um, our education specialist if mm -hmm. you like and uh she she will help us develop that for your kids so we've we've had people come to us and say that that wording won't quite work yeah. for my kids so we change the wording 
that colour scheme won't quite work for my kids, that activity won't quite work for my kids, that, you know, da 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 da. We can make it work for you because it's important for us that it does work for you yeah. and, and doesn't just work for us because that's, we, you know, if it works for us, great, but we're not delivering it. So, yeah, <laughs> no, if it's not inclusive, then that's going against everything we've just spoken about. Exactly. Really. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Um, well, I think that's brilliant. I'll, I will let you go because I know that you're busy on the stand and stuff. Right. But no worries. I'll, I'll ask you the one more cliche question that I ask all of my guests. Go for is it. that if if there's someone listening to this who perhaps is wondering how can I connect in the way that we're connected to nature or something? What's that one easy step that they can do to get out and? Just pause. I think I think the easiest thing you can do to connect with nature is to just stop and shut your eyes. Yeah. Uh, and don't just be there, but try and be present and think about what you can see with your eyes closed. So, what can you hear? What can you smell? What can you feel? Uh, and that also puts you in the shoes of people that don't have all the same things that we do. Uh, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you very much. It's been great to chat to you, and I hope you have a great rest of the festival. Cool. No, thank you very much. It's been great. Spiraling into control. That phrase that Richard used keeps coming back to me. There's so much power in those three words. It was great to sit down with Trash Free Trails and learn about their work. It drives me mad, like we said in the episode, when I'm hiking on a gorgeous trail and I spot the remains of someone's picnic just thrown behind a rock or a dog poo bag hanging from a tree. What? What's the point? I love that Trash Free Trails are working to empower people to take action and that's what it's all about, the power of together. If you want to hear more about what they do, um, I'm going to stick the link to their socials and their website in the episode information, so definitely check that out if you're interested in their work. Uh, in the next episode, I'll be chatting with the author and science communicator Sophie Pavel about accessibility in nature from the Kendall Mountain Festival. I'm not going to end with a famous quote today. Instead, I'm just going to say that we're all here on this little space rock for such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. Instead of battling against our environment in a fight that we will not win, would it not make sense to reignite that connection we all have with the outside world? I don't mean that everyone has to put on a pair of boots and throw themselves off a mountain in the rain. That connection can be as simple as putting a, putting a bottle in the recycling instead of leaving it on a park bench. I mentioned the power of together and right now, I think that's our best chance. I'm Charlie and this has been Mountain Conversations.